Welcome to the Roundtable. I'm Jennifer Eller, and with me today is our pastor, Mike Hill, and then between us is Amanda McRedman. Yay! Amanda! Yay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Does anybody call you Mandy? No. No? That's not a thing? No. <laughs> huh? I'm just no. thinking, like, sometimes no. Amandas are like, what's up, Mandy? Yeah, no. Um, I have been called Mander. Mander. Like, I know it's kind of. Is weird. that just like by one of those preschool kids that can't talk? It was. Well, hey, what's it up, was, Mander? It was by like a little girl, yeah. like a neighborhood. Yeah. I can't say. Stuck. Is it because you can't say Amanda? I don't know. It's just huh? Mander. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Mander. Let's, let's 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 learn a little bit about you. Okay. So, but last full book you do you read? I say that uh, that always sounds bad when I say it. I'm not a big reader. Not a big reader. Mm-mm. An audiobook listener. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Movie watcher. A little bit. Netflix. Kind of, yeah. Prime. Yeah. Which one? You got it all. Huh? You got, got it, all? it all? You got all the streaming yep. things? Are you like other people where you got more than what you you actually think you have? Probably. Yeah. Like the boys are the ones that watch everything mm-hmm. and they have everything. So. Are like, you like, do you have streaming stuff? We do. Yeah. I don't watch it. You don't watch any streaming oh, stuff? Mm-mm, no. I did get into this last suit the guys were into called Suits. Huh? You ever watch this? Oh, Suits? Yes. Suits? It was pretty good. At first, I'm like, this is dumb. And then I really got into it. Okay, so you don't go on. See, the thing that I'm finding out, I think I said this another time, I'm finding out that my kids sign me up for things, mm-hmm. and I'm paying for it, and the little suckers are, are watching it? it on me. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I got a notification from one of them. They're like, mm-hmm. Netflix must be cracking down because we just got a notification that says we can't watch anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so you have that to look forward to when your kids move out. They'll be like, mom and dad have it, we can have um, it. I think Trevor actually pays for some of it. They both might actually pay for the things that they want to watch. Okay, well, you're a better parent than me. No, they just volunteered <laughs> to do that. I'm like, okay. No, it's yeah. just like, you got it together. My kids just keep mooching Oh, off no, of we me. don't have it together. Yeah, my not kids. Not by any means. Yeah. yeah. So something that, movie that you love, um, like favorite movie? I like them all, but I will say that... Um, as like, a family, we sit down and we watch Lego Master. Have you ever heard of Lego Master? Is that like where they, uh, a reality show, like where they build things? Yeah, so like there's teams. Okay. And like a team of two, and they're all um, there, and they build things. Like it's a challenge Kay. with Legos. Okay. And so as a family, the very first episode, we always pick like which one mm-hmm. we think is our team that's going to win. Okay. And then we just go through and we watch them and like, oh, your team went home or <laughs> they're still in it. And it's just something that we can do as a family. So is this they a thing play. for your kids then? So mm-hmm. do they love Legos? Mm-hmm. So you buy them and they make all the stuff. Yeah. And so do they get into the thing? I heard this from Max Heiner. Mm-hmm. He said mm-hmm. that if you build something, you build it and then like you submit it. And then Lego will actually like if you win the thing, they make it into a Lego set. Interesting. That's that's the epi- this um, Lego Master that they're doing mm-hmm. this this one. Um, so what happens is like whoever wins this uh, episode, yeah, at the end of this one, they actually are going to take their creation and make it into a Lego set that you can buy in the store. Yeah, that's yeah. what Max was saying because Max like designs mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and yep. then he puts them together. And I guess if you submit it, you get mm-hmm. a chance mm-hmm. to be able to, yeah, be yeah, able to watch it. Legos. So any movies or stuff that you watch that's not with your kids, like any like I love thrillers, mm-hmm. I love romance, I love. I watch a lot like of doctor shows and like romance. Do- because you want to be a doctor? No. Huh? Not necessarily. Like I a doctor show, like what? Um, New Amsterdam is one. The Good Doctor. Like just. Is the Good Doctor the guy that talks like a robot? I think he's the he's the autistic one. Oh. The autistic okay. doctor. Yeah, I didn't know he was autistic. I thought he just talked like a robot. <laughs> I, just, I see it on there, and the guy comes in. He's like, this person had a jump on bottom yeah. Right? It's kind of like that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, this person has a gallbladder, and, and he's taking like, it down. This is he what you will need to definitely do. just flat out tell you, like, hey, this is what's going on, and has no sense, like, no mm. filter, nothing. Yeah, he just yeah. says it. Oh, sorry. I didn't know he's autistic. <laughs> I thought he was just like part of the thing that you're, you're that, mm-hmm. that that you're watching. Yeah. If you could go back in any time in history, where would you go back? Oh. Like if you get a time or go forward, get a time machine. Where mm-hmm. would you go? I don't mm-hmm. know. Huh? You have no idea. Nope. You don't have like any desire to go back and see something. Nope. Any desire to go forward? Nope. None. Nope. Wow. Nick, would you be a time traveler? Yeah. 
Huh? You you'd want to go and get to the place where cars are hovering over everything. Yeah, if we make it that far. <laughs> if we get to the place, car hovering is coming. I just heard something. I watched something that said like in 2050 is what they're like planning. Like one of the automakers or something like make that. Make it so you can just go up above yeah, traffic and go right yeah. over the top. I remember of, what I even saw it on. Top of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If you listen to Elon Musk, that stuff's not far away. Mm-hmm. Do you like Elon Musk? Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't watch anything like that. Huh? So I don't watch anything like that. You don't have to. Like, this guy's an icon. I, just, you I, don't, I know who he is, but. Are I, you an Elon Musk fan? No. Don't really care about him either. Nick? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go at me. Do we have a <laughs> I just I, got like, I love Elon Musk. I, I mean, mean, some I people know. hate him. <laughs> some, some people hate him. So no time in the future, no time in the past. Yeah. Wouldn't want to meet anybody. I'm good. What if you could go meet a biblical character? Would you have one you'd want to meet? Other than Jesus, you don't get to pick Jesus. Jesus doesn't count. He's, you get to meet him every day. I can't think no. of it right now. No, Bill. Okay, so let's go back. Nope. Big, significant time in your, in your childhood. One of the most, the biggest memories that you would have as a kid. Something that was, like, stood out to you that was, loved it. This was a cool part of my life, something I did. Um, probably when I was 10, um, I got to go to Florida on a mission trip. Like, that was majorly a big part of my my life. Is this the whole trip? I'm, am I allowed yeah. to say this? Like, you went on a trip by yourself? Yep. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I were allowed to say that on yeah. the podcast, but when I read that, I'm like, you're 10 years old, and you just got on a plane. Yep. Like well, nobody you had to save money. You had to raise money. I mean, it was a big deal for you to even go. Yeah. So what happened was um, we were at a friend's house from church, uh-huh. and she had, like, these magazines, and mom and her were, you know, talking, whatever. And I had just, like, kept looking through, and I saw this, and I was like, what in the world? I want to do this. It was um, teen missions. Okay. Um, and... You just, like, they gathered all kinds of people from all over the place, and, like, you met in Florida at the central location, and then they had, like, little teams that went off, and they did mission work. Okay. So, um, I mean, some went to the Bahamas, some went, you know, all over the place. Mine was um, being a clown. Well, let's, <laughs> let, let me go back a little uh-huh. bit. So, obviously, if you're 10 years old, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there looking at Mission Magazine, mm-hmm. so obviously... From a family perspective, like, faith was a big part of what you guys grew up in, and it was a big, like, going to church all the time. Did your mom and dad, like, support the whole mission idea? Like, it's just weird to see somebody be like, I want to go into missions at 10. Yeah. um, Like, how did you get there, I guess? A lot of people, so, yes, like, we always went to church with mom and dad. Okay. And I remember, like, all the time, you know, there were days where they're like, and we're like, no, I don't want to go. And they're like, okay, we're going. Okay. Like, you know, like, I mean, it was an every Sunday thing. Um, grew up just in that. And then, so during that time, because obviously 10 years old, going to Florida right. by yourself, there were a lot of people that were like, oh my gosh, you're going to let your 10 year old daughter go. And like, I mean, I know mom got gruff, like yeah, big right. time, mm-hmm. right. like, what you're not you can't go that's not right um but I I begged I begged my mom because she was at first hesitant she was like what I don't think so but I was like mom please 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 I really want to go um I was like I'll earn the money so I did all the fundraising I did all of that and I was like look I did it and so she's like okay right um first of all this trip was a month long you were gone for a month a month wow being 10, I actually turned 11 while I was gone. Okay. So I actually had my birthday away, too, which, oh, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, we didn't really have cell phones yet either. So, like, I couldn't stay in contact with my mom um, and dad. And we had the calling cards. Yeah. Like, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cards. so with that, so was, I mean, 
in your faith journey, was it just like, did you have a passion from the beginning for reaching people? Yeah, like, like I'm trying to, again, trying to go through a, the mind of a 10 year old that's normally just mm -hmm. thinking about yeah. life um, and you're thinking about other people. I've always like children have been a big part, but it's been people in general. Okay. Um, I love people. I like to make them laugh. I love to encourage them and be there and like love on them and, and you know, do everything I can to help. Right. And so even then I was like, Oh, I want to go be, learn how to be a clown so I can bring it back. Right. And I can minister mm -hmm. to other people. Cause that was what we were doing. We met, we went to Florida and then we actually went, my group went from Florida to, um, Evansville, Indiana. So we traveled, and as we traveled, we went to... Um, Where are you from? Fairfax. Are you from Huntington? Yeah, we're from Huntington, but then we moved to Ohio for okay. a little bit, and then we came back to Huntington. So. But you were in Ohio when you did this? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So did anybody from your church go with you? Nope. It was just you? <laughs> just Like me. your fr your <laughs> friends are over there, and you're all looking, she has the magazine, but you're the one with the... Yeah. Me. So are you a risk taker naturally? Like in <laughs> life now, are you a big risk taker? I'd say like maybe a little bit. I, I, I'm, I'm in the middle. Like I don't do too big of risks, but I can take some risks. Well, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. sitting here as a 10-year-old. Yeah. I mean, it's almost yeah. like God had this like in you that would be willing to say, if it's four people, I'm willing. Because that's a trait mm -hmm. that... You don't find, mm -hmm. wouldn't you agree, Jennifer? Like, oh, there's not very many people yeah. that are that way. Mm -mm. Nope, not that, at all. That are willing to take that kind of risk at 10. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't know if that, because sometimes, yeah. like when we're young, yeah. risk gets taken out of us. Like, we're taught to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. we teach our kids, like, be safe, be comfortable. Because, I mean, I would commend your parents, because your parents are essentially teaching you that it's okay to take a risk. It's okay to follow your dreams. Because... Don't you think part of the problem with society today is our kids don't dream anymore? Our kids aren't. I mean, they're risk takers, but like blowing up things <laughs> and doing, you know, they're not like dreaming about, you know, and have the ability because we're, I don't know if we're, we're protective. Like, do you think today in our world has that changed a little bit? Our parents to sheltering and then we get these kids older and, you know, we get these young people in the church and we're like, take risks for Jesus. And they're like, my whole life mm -hmm. I've been told not to take a risk. Yeah. Do you think today kids are less risk takers than, you know, in the past? And did you grow out of that, you know, some yeah. because of just life in general? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I do see that. But I also think that it's soci our society in general okay. because I feel like you have to now people are like always looking around the corner of like, you know, like, oh, there's this scary person over there or you know like anything nowadays can happen mm -hmm. where as back then I was like dude I went like down the street by myself or mm -hmm. you know what I mean and right. like now it's like oh no don't do that mm -hmm. because there could be somebody out there or right. so, so yeah yeah I think that we've just hyped ourselves up mm -hmm. so much like in general in society where we're like oh no there's a person that could like come out and do whatever to you like, yeah so how old are your kids now <laughs> Ten and yeah. nine. Yeah, so now, so you're, you're <laughs> ten year old, right? So, like, thinking through the concept, if your ten year old said, hey, you know what? No. I'm ready to go on a mission trip. Mm -hmm. I love the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. Would you be like, I'm all in? As hard as it is because of society, and I think I've gotten into that, I probably would encourage him to do that. Okay. I mean, I'd be like, okay. I mean, we would take our risks, uh, and I would definitely make sure that he was safe and sure. whatever. But, I mean, if he truly, and I knew truly deep down that he wanted to do that, and he was, you know, it was real, mm -hmm. then, yeah, I would I would be okay with it. Yeah, so we're going to get back to your story, but I'm no, just, like, fascinated good. about mm -hmm. this whole thing. So you work with a lot of kids now. Yep. So you work in a preschool. Right, and you work here in the children's ministry a lot, mm -hmm. so you're around kids. So I'm just going to ask you a general statement. So, mm -hmm. how many? And again, there is no statistic, but just kind of give me your thoughts. So, when you look at kids today, and you look at the interaction of kids today, and you look where, uh, just in general, where young people are, are there very many people that were like where you were at in your faith when you were ten? Do you see? That in the kids that you work with today and in children's ministry, do you see these kids that are 
when they get to be 10 years old, when they get to be 11, when they get to be 12, are you seeing some of that same passion or is that dwindling away with the generation of young people that we have today? And I'm not faulting anybody for it. I'm just, it's more of a general statement of where are our kids in their faith today compared to however many years ago when, when you were at that point in your life? Because that is a huge, mm-hmm. forget just risk. You know, forget the idea that you might get abducted. <laughs> you know, I know. I'm thinking more on the standpoint of somebody who would look at a magazine and say, I care and I want to go. Like, mm-hmm. I want to do that. Like, is that where the 10 year olds are today? Is that where the 11 year olds are that they're like, man, send me, God, to go do the work? Um, I mean, I do see some, mm-hmm. but I don't see as much as like I would like to see mm-hmm. I will just say that right. um but yeah I don't I don't know if we're there yet yeah and I don't know it's got to be the generational like I mean yeah do you think it do you think as a church or as parents can we do anything different to encourage that faith is there something that we can do to because I, I again I just think it's an amazing yeah. story when I read it today I was like it's fascinating <laughs> You know, to me, and it just made me process the whole time I'm driving to Burning Back. I'm like just processing this idea of how do we get kids to a place, not only where they're growing in their faith, like knowing more about the Bible, right? That's the the thing that fascinated me in your story was, yeah, you grew up in a church, you knew things about Mm -hmm. the Bible, but then you put it into action. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go do something to change things where... It's almost like we got kids that might know stories, you know, but I don't know that they know how to activate those things in their life. So as a parent, as a teacher, as somebody that's just been around that, do you think that is there something that we can change? Is there something we can do different? Is there something that we can encourage parents that are listening today that, you know, to help in that process? Um, so the thing that just keeps coming to mind is more keep encouraging your your children Mm. like if they see something and just like when I saw like the magazine I came to my mom and all that like she could have said no way you're never doing that Mm -hmm. but instead you raise Mm -hmm. the money you take like this is your responsibility if you really want to go on this like it okay I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, for, I mean, I would encourage. Right. If your child comes to you with anything, like, I would definitely encourage. Keep praying with them. Keep encouraging them in the Bible. Like, keep reading with them. Anything that, anything that church-wise or religion-wise or anything that com- they come to you, encourage. Yeah. Never, mm-hmm. ever be like, nah, I don't, I don't have time for this. Or I was encouraged by my mom, mm-hmm. and right. I still am. Right. Yeah, I just wonder if it makes sense. That this is what I was thinking about. Do we give kids, just like people today, like sometimes I just don't think we give people enough credit and I don't think we give them enough chances. Like I don't think we put in front of people today, take a risk. Here's a risk for you. I'll support you. I'll come alongside of you. Or I don't know that, I mean, I see this even in adults, and I don't know what you see, Jennifer, when you're meeting with people too, that – Everybody has stopped dreaming. Mm -hmm. Everybody has stopped thinking about what could be because they struggle with just doing what is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do what is, so I can't Mm -hmm. think of what could be, you know, in that. And I think our job as leaders and as parents is to not only give our kids stability in the what is, right? Because you got to have some stability in the what is Mm -hmm. to be able to do the what could be you know, peace. And so what can we do to bring stability in whether it's adults or kids? Like, hey, you can handle the what is. We're not going to overwhelm. We're not going to, but I'm going to give you some chances to, of the what could be, you know, and I'm going to give you a chance to be able to do that. So I just wonder if we should give more opportunities the younger these kids are and, and give more opportunities to challenge, you know, the whole idea that it's our responsibility to stretch them because mm-hmm. every time you stretch, you grow, mm-hmm. you know, and so we should probably be giving more opportunities like that because if the magazine wasn't there, what would have been? I would have never, mm-hmm. ever imagined any of it. Yeah, because that's never the same concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many ministries are saying, I'll take 10-year-olds? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the same thing. We don't even think 
10 year olds can hardly do anything, let alone. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but I, I also think that, like, just people in general, kids, parents, everybody, we're just busy. Hmm. And I think that's part of what gets in the way. Oh, you do? From the, the idea of giving opportunity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And do you think that busyness equates to this idea of the struggle to get the what is done? Because we just got so much, like we put so much on the plate. Do you see that, Jennifer, like when you're working with people, the struggle to just get done life in general? I mean, you meet with tons of people and tons Mm -hmm. of, do you see some of those same things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody's running a fast race. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just a lot coming at us and trying to prioritize what's the most important. And you take on things that that aren't, but some people don't want to be, tell people no. And mm. so they take on more than what they should take on because they want to be people pleasers. And but since they send them with God and say, what do you want me to do? Where should I spend my time? Mm. You know. So here's a question for all of you guys. So the, the thing that I hear all the time is everybody's I, I mean, I've met very few people that aren't running a rat race. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it seems to be a common theme. Can it change? So the way society is set up today, Nick and raising your kids, Jennifer and your kids are a little bit older. You know, you guys are all at generational differences Mm -hmm. in where you're at. Is there the ability? Because I think some people would say today there's no way to get out of the rat race. Like there's just no way. We've set up a system that supports the rat race and there's no possible way to ever be able to get out of it. So I'll just ask, Mm -hmm. you know, each one of you, like, is there a way to get out, Jennifer? Is there a way to yeah, get out of the is. rat race? Yeah. Well, how, how should be, if you were going to recommend to somebody today, what would you tell them? I'd say look at your calendar and see, you know, there's things you can get rid of. Hmm. I mean, like even just myself, it's like I don't have anything yesterday, last night, tonight, or tomorrow. And I looked at Eric and I said, wow, I have three nights, but, you know, I don't have to fill them. He's like, no, you don't have to fill <laughs> it. You know? And so you feel like, a desire to fill them. Sometimes I do because we okay. have that agreement that I can be gone three nights a week. So oh, it's like, oh, okay, I could do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, no, I, I'm going to take this little bit of a break right now hmm. because in a couple of weeks I could, you know, have more on my plate. And so just being mindful of that, trying hmm. to look at my calendar and like see what I have going on. And then sometimes say, no, I'm not going to do that. Or, I mean, there are seasons like a couple months ago I was running like crazy. And yeah. that was just the way that it was. Right. There's nothing I really could right. do about it. So you are going to have those seasons. But. Yeah, yeah, and so for everybody that's listening or watching, Jennifer's kids are 20... 22 and 18. Yeah. yeah. And so you're at a, at a phase, right, yeah. where you can have more flexibility mm-hmm. with your time mm-hmm. because you can make some of those mm-hmm. decisions mm-hmm. between you and Eric. Yeah. Nick, for you, your kids are... Sorry. I have, I have no idea, honestly. 17, 17, and 20. Can you get out of it? I mean, you're at a different phase. Mm-hmm. You got kids, like, is it is it hard? Is it... Do you like? You know, to, to, it, are you so used to the rat race that you just learn to adapt? Yeah, that's, yeah, it, that's what's complicated. Like, mm. At the end of the day, I'm like, that was brutal, but mm. I don't have any, like, desire to change it. Mm. I think part of it is, is like, there's this fear of missing out. FOMO. My <laughs> daughter talked about it. FOMO. <laughs> fear of missing no, out. It. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. so the options are a problem the because options. you could do a hundred different things. For sure. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there are days like where I encourage my boys to do whatever activities they need or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are days like that it's like seriously one place to another mm-hmm. place. Because like, your kids are how old? Um, so, for our oh, listeners and people. Nine like, and ten. Okay. Um, so, like. A few weeks ago when we had grow night, like, Anthony and I were in the marriage group. Mm. The boys were at discipleship. Well, we get home from school at 4. Graham had soccer at 5, and that was until 6. Church was from 6 to 7.30. So it was like boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. boom. Right. And it's like, oh, my word. Right. But, I mean, we knew that that was only going to be for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was it was different. But, yes, I, I encourage. But on some days it's like, oh have anything right and so the boys know that hey we're just gonna chill right and we still just do things together as a family but at the house right right and i think that's the thing that you know so we're doing this series coming up Mm -hmm. living legacy so the idea is everything that we're doing today Mm -hmm. right is going to make a difference for the legacy that you're going to leave and i think the big question i for me personally i don't think it's a question of busy or not busy 
Like, I think it's a question of effective or not effective. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the bigger question is, is, I just think people can function and be effective and be busy. Like, I just think that that's a, I, I don't ever encourage somebody to not be busy. I just encourage them to be more effective. Mm -hmm. Some of what you, what you were mm -hmm. saying, Jennifer, is just to say, it's not that we don't have to just stop doing. Right. But what are we doing that mm -hmm. when we go later on in life, you know, and this is the whole, you know, living legacy. If somebody had to pause for a moment and get up and share about your life, not when you're dead, today. Somebody's getting up today and they're going to share a moment of your life. They're going to say, as of today, this is what has mattered because Jennifer in my life has done these things, mm -hmm. you know, and then we get to the end of life, whatever those things are, but the decisions we're making, effectiveness is the legacy that we're going to leave by what we're, the decisions we're making today. So I think what people have to start thinking through is schedules. I just, I don't think you're going to change the pace of life. Mm -hmm. I think the pace of life has permanently changed. And I think Nick hit it on the head is like, unless you're just going to flat out be Amish, you know, like there is no chance to be in a sport. There is no chance to watch TV. There is no chance to drive unless you hook up the buggy, you know, and do like you're going to have to try to figure out how to be effective in the midst of choices mm -hmm. and try to figure out how to be able to make those choices well. Because I think, Amanda, what you're saying that and I'm assuming you've balanced this well or, you know, worked through this is, is that. What normally happens is we have soccer and we have like all of these things. Yeah. And so we can't go to church or we have all of these things. So mm -hmm. I want to sleep in on Sunday or I have all of these things. And so I can't, when we get home at night, it's not family time. It's get away from me time. It's, you know, what yeah. I, and I'm not saying we all naturally go mm -hmm. through that, but what we really have to process is, is that whatever pace that you run, we still have to be able to make a difference. Like we can't be so busy that the church gets excluded and we can't be so busy that we never talk around a table. We can't be so busy that when we get to the end of it, I can't have a serious conversation with you because I'm done. And I know we're all done at some points and we don't want to talk, but it, it can't be the majority, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, of our time. So sorry, we got way off track, but <laughs> I just think that's, Okay. good things to look at where you were and then try to figure out how we help people be able to get there. So you're 10 years old, you make a decision. I'm going to go be a clown. Mm -hmm. Right. So talk through kind of how it went. Like I'm interested to say, what did you take away from it? What was some of the, the cool <laughs> moments of, um, so obviously being 10, I was scared. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we, <laughs> So my mom had never, and like my parents never had ridden on a plane before. I had to get on a plane by myself being 10, had no clue ever, had never been on a plane. Um, I was underage, so I had to, at that time, since we were in Ohio, I had to go, we went to Fort Wayne Airport. Oh, wow. So I flew out of Fort Wayne, and then I went to Chicago for a layover. Ugh. Well, Judas. because I was <laughs> underage, I had to go hang out with, in this room, and they had to... Yeah, they have, like, a person that walks you around. Yeah, they had, like, the, I don't even know what they're called. The, some adult that had to come get me and take me to the air, my plane right. and everything. Um, the When I first got on the plane, I apparently the stewardess put me in somebody else's seat. And so, like, they came up, and I'm sitting there, and they came up, and they were like, you're, you're in my you're seat. You're in my seat. <laughs> and I go, uh... And like so, then the stewardess it was like came over and was like, "Oh, oh, oh, she's underage. She has to sit here. I'll get you in her seat." Because I about like mm. already was like <laughs> about imagine. in tears. I was like, yeah, uh, she put me been, here. Like, yeah, that don't been bad. get mad at me." Um, well, I flew uh, over Fourth of July weekend. Oh my god! So on top <laughs> of being busy, um, when you go, they tell you to put all of your stuff mm. in a box because when you get there. You get this, like, big bag, like a military bag. Like, that's all your stuff. That's what you – it has to fit in this bag. So mm -hmm. it's in a box. I've never flown before, so I had no carry-on. I had no nothing with me, no money, no mm – -hmm. yeah. just me. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mom 
saw my plane take off. Well, then she saw around the thing my box come back. <laughs> no, uh My box never oh, made it on. And my mom's like, ah. she's like, she's running and she goes, my daughter just went on the plane and her box is here. She needs this. And they're like, oh, well, we saw a box. We didn't think it was that important because uh, it's packed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so yeah. I had no idea. I get to Florida, can't find my box. <laughs> Can't I? I mean, we didn't have. I couldn't just call her. Right. Um. So they finally got a message to me, like to the people, saying that it was in Fort Wayne that they were going to ship it on the next one. But I literally was in a skirt and dressed for a couple of days with no food, no money, no clothes, no oh nothing. My gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. So when you get there, do you train? Like, is that part of the thing? Like, you train to be a. Uh... That's what I thought. Okay. Um, let me tell you this, like uh, for two weeks, it was a whole month for two weeks. We got to this, like, it was like a base kind Mm -hmm. of thing and everybody was there. It was like boot camp. Wow. Okay. Like clown boot camp. uh, Just army boot camp. (laughs) It was, it was truly like boot camp for everybody. Okay. Um, like you had to run. Yeah. (laughs) I was joking. You really uh, did have to run. Yeah. Hey, clowns got to be in shape. So, <laughs> man, we all had a number. And, like, they would say roll call or whatever, and we all had to be like, one, two, three, four. Are you serious? Oh, I'm serious. <laughs> and I was 11. Private Amanda, four, three, two, one. <laughs> My number was 11, and I still remember this. Oh, wow. 11. And so I'm, like, intently listening. Like, and then I hear 10, and I'm like, 11. Because <laughs> you were worried. I know. Every time they're, like, roll call, and I was like. Does this team mission five, still six, exist? I don't know, huh. to be honest. Okay, Teen no Mission, clues. what are you doing putting people through boot well, camp, by the way? Well, that's what I thought. But now that I look back, I'm it like... It was a good thing? Yes, because that two weeks, and I get the point of it now, it's to get your team together. Like, oh, you have to it. be a team. You have to know what's mm-hmm. going on. Got it. You have to make sure that you're, you know, you work as a team. Oh, and that good you're job, doing Team this Mission. Together. <laughs> you know, listen, obstacle courses, you name it. Yeah, no, that's. I'm uh, serious. I, like they had Jacob's ladder. I didn't realize that. Like, so you guys went uh, out as teams. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like it was like a base, and like so each per, like team. When you went out to do ministry work, though, it was yeah. As a so team. like after the two weeks, everybody kind of split off, okay. and they went to like the Bahamas, and we went to Evansville, and <laughs> that's where you learned. Didn't that like, seemed your... funny. Some went to the Bahamas, and some went to Evansville. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like how they made those decisions. Like, why Evansville and why the Bahamas? Well, she traveled through the U.S., and that was her final destination was, was Evansville. Yeah. Oh, so the like final So, like, we went to different um, fairgrounds, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, really? And so, like, on the way, mm-hmm. and then, like, we would come back. Hey, what do you think about doing that now? Like, this summer, <laughs> we put a clown troop together to show up at the fairgrounds. Would you do okay, it? Okay, so when we came back, yeah, when I came back from this trip, we actually at the church we actually had like a clown ministry, yeah, um, at the church, and like we went to nursing homes, yeah, and we did that, um, and then we actually put on play like some skits, yeah. and stuff. Like I had some skits and everything. It was so fun. Um, what has happened to the clown ministry? <laughs> I think I it needs to be hey, revitalized. We need to put that on Life Church's I can list do of things we're dreaming about. I can tell you. Huh? I can do balloons and everything. Can you really? You can, can make balloon animals? I can. Wow. I might have to go through training again. <laughs> I don't think I got trained to do balloon animals. Oh, man. I tell you. Like, part of the obstacle course, like, I just, I remember, like, they had, like, a little creek. And, like, to me, man, it was, like, this big creek. And, like, they had the ropes hanging. You had to, like, go across. Yeah. Man, first of all, like you always had to wear uh, work boots. We had a hard hat. We had <laughs> everything on. Do you have pictures of any of this? I do. Oh, Jennifer, you've got to get some pictures okay. and put it up with her podcast. Okay. Like, um, this is yeah. pictures of you being a clown. I don't know if there's any clown pictures, but mom even made my mom made my clown outfit. Oh yes, mm. it was a tie dye like little, and she made it for me. Yeah. Mm. See, I want to be great. a rodeo clown. See, I think that would be fun, too. Like mm-hmm. the guy that jumps in the barrel and the bull tries to run you over and stuff. Yeah, no, I would not want to be yeah. run over. I don't know. I have an upset <laughs> session with clowns. So yeah. Anyway, most memorable thing on the trip? Like, went to a certain place and, like, this mm-hmm. happened and it was awesome? Yeah, like, I really liked going to the fairgrounds because, okay. yeah, like, I mean, people were, you know, scared of clowns or whatever. But then some of them were like, oh, and they actually listened and we actually were able to 
minister to some people. Okay. And that was that was the best part, I think. Did you have any stories of like we went here and this kid and we talked to him and it was awesome and this happened and I don't remember. Okay. Are you um, still in touch with any of your clown friends? No. Okay. Well, I, don't know. I know. I don't know how else I to mean, say it. Like, like of your what, team, you went through boot camp with. Like, if any of those people were like, we did it as a team, and our team was always last because of me. Like, I had like always the adults <laughs> back there. Come on, come on, you our can do it. Team was Fly last because of me. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you're ten. What do they expect? I mean, they were very encouraging. Okay. Um, the ladders, and then like the rope thing. I always got wet. Ugh, I always got wet, and I hated that part. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Please give me over. And I went in the water yeah. every time. And then you just get out soaking wet, and then mm-hmm. you got to climb and do all the other stuff. Yeah. So so talk to me about the transition from you go there, and incredible things were – it was good, yeah. right? So you go through boot camp, I mean, you build a team, and yeah. now you come back. Yeah. What was coming back like? Was it – like, did you fully engage into – Okay, so I learned of evangelism through doing clowns, and so I want to come back and I want to institute this. Like, how far did the trip carry over into life when you got back? High school, middle school? Did it did it grow stronger? Did it fade away? Like, how how did that that process go? So, I mean, it was awesome coming back mm-hmm. because then I actually even got like some people to maybe to do birthday parties oh, like wow. for them so like in balloons and mm-hmm. all that so that was great but then being able to bring it back into the church like i said mm-hmm. um and being able to go to nursing homes and you mm-hmm. know um everything but then uh middle school high school i did some mission trips with my um church also which was great and did you ever have a lull in your faith or was this just like always up and to the right like, I'm 10 years old, and it's just been growing ever since. So, yeah, like, so middle school, high school, it kind of, and then after that, it's just kind of faded. Okay. I mean, and I still would love to go on mission trips, but, you know. Yeah, like, no, I'm never, not, like, not just mission yeah. trips, like, faith and, in general. You know yeah. how sometimes, like, you have this childlike faith, mm-hmm. and you're super mm-hmm. excited, and, man, you went on this, and things are going good, and then, mm-hmm. like, faith in general kind of plateaus, yep. you know, and then, you know, we try to figure out, like... So you had some plateau moments? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, what caused that? Distractions, busyness, getting older? Um, I will tell you, like, between high school and, like, after, like, that adulthood, like, mm-hmm. that right there, that is an awkward transition. And okay. Like, for, like, it was for me. Yeah. So becoming, like, you know, oh, high school, and we're in, you know, and it's really great, and we're going, and then... Here you go. You're an adult. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and then I was like, oh, well, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Like, do I, do I have to go to church? Like, do I go to church? Right. Like, I mean, it was just awkward. And then, I mean, being able and knowing what I know, mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, know better and know to keep mm-hmm. up with my faith. But I think sometimes like the younger adults, mm-hmm. like they, in the younger kids, they just get lost right mm-hmm. there. Like, it's like, oh, well, I don't have to. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And, like, they just get lost. Right. So right. that transition right there, I think, is very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so use that because I think that's a – I think that's just true today. Yeah. I mean, I would say the transition from whether it's college or mm-hmm. high school, of, okay, now I've a, mm-hmm. I'm a complete adult and I can make all of my own decisions. Were there certain things that you did to – help keep your faith growing? Was it friends? Was it devotional time? Was it the church that you were involved in? Like, what kept you moving forward when you had the decisions to make on your own? Thank goodness um, I did have friends, and I had my church family and, like, my church friends to kind of, like, get together and, like, just keep that going. Because I don't think that if I had my church friends and, like, was able to go with them and, like, to be able to get connected and in mm-hmm. then i think that i would have just nah, yeah so done. community so yeah. people around you yeah. kept you moving when mm-hmm. it was a time you mm-hmm. could stop yeah. yeah so just a huge value on community so talk about most influential person through this process or maybe a couple mm-hmm. different people that have really like hey because obviously your mom yeah. had to be and dad at this point at that point in life yeah. anybody further on in life that that has like just 
been a great encourager, somebody that's helped you, you know, continue to move on your face, somebody that can encourages you today to continue. And maybe it's still your mom. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, the, well, the only one that really sticks out is my mom. Okay. Like, I mean, she's really been there. Um, I'm telling you, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I was like, like you, like in general, because to me, I feel like I'm selfish mm. <laughs> when I look at her. Mm. <laughs> I do because like, I mean, she's the type of person I was just talking the other day. Like she'll just give her shirt off her back. Like mm. she's that person. Mm -hmm. Like she sees a need. Mm -hmm. She does it. Aww. She prays mm -hmm. like, I mean, she is big on prayer and like, that's where I've gotten it. Like, mm. man, you keep praying. And eventually, I mean, it's not going to be always what you want and how you want, but it, turns up and like right. that's how I've gotten through I think mm. a lot of it is just knowing that and like my mom encouraging like I said way in the back in the beginning she encouraged mm -hmm. the mission trip right when she could have just said whatever no like right. we're not doing that you're 10 years old who's gonna let a 10 year old mm -hmm. go to Florida mm -hmm. like right. um like just in general things that she doesn't sometimes I'm like oh <laughs> you, I can't. Like even you believe think she's making a bad decision. I know, and oh, oh it's okay. terrible. It's terrible. And then I'm like, okay, well, you, you know, and she's like, she always says it. I know, but God's blessed me, and you know, I, you know, and it's so true. Yeah. And I just have to keep telling myself that in my brain, like, back in my mind. God's yeah. with me. He right. knows what. And like today, like. We, my coworker and I came to get <laughs> um, drinks mm -hmm. at lunch break, mm -hmm. and we saw Jennifer. Otherwise, I would have thought it was next week. Oh, well, wow. I actually texted her the wrong date. I said, Amanda, <laughs> did I really tell you that? And she looked it up, and I did. I'm like, I'm losing my mind. Well, I'm just saying, like, things <laughs> but God happen took care for of a that. reason. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like, otherwise, like, I mean, I wouldn't have been here. Right. Like, I asked to come. I didn't even get a drink or anything. And I asked to come. Yeah. And what happened? I saw Jennifer. And like, I happened just to be down there at yeah. that time. I'm just but, saying, like, but. and that's my that's my go-to. And always prayer. Like, things happen mm -hmm. for a reason. And I 100% believe that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, we're getting towards the end. Oh, so yeah. then we'll ask questions. So mm -hmm. if you could give some encouraging words to mothers, mm -hmm. right, that are in the mix, because that's where you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I remember those days mm -hmm. of, like, trying to raise young kids and trying to figure out life. And, I mean, because it's so much more than just even doing life. It's paying bills. And, I mean, it's just all <laughs> the young – when you're raising young kids, mm -hmm. it's just like a – so if you could encourage young mothers and young women today that are in the mix, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, one, how to continue to grow in your own faith – without giving, because there's a tendency, I think, for moms to forget about themselves mm -hmm. in the midst of trying to raise kids. Yeah. And and the whole selflessness, I mean, that's how God made moms. I mean, mm -hmm. th th that's why they're so good, you know, and they have a selflessness and they, they make decisions that way. But there has to be a caring for yourself. So first, an encouragement to young moms what can they do to continue to take care of themselves and feed their faith? Like, could you give them any, like, whether it's devotions, whether it's being in church, whether it's being being in a small group? Like, do you have any of those things that? Yeah, so um, I really didn't have a small group. Mm. Like, my small group was being in the children's ministry. Mm, okay. Um, and I, I actually got in the small group um, the with Bree Sullivan oh, and yeah. Jess and that. Um <laughs> It was hard for it was hard for me to start like get in there and keep coming and remember the actual day. Yeah. Um, but to be able to have that connection in that group of ladies, like I love it. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. So I do I would encourage to get in somewhere. Yeah. Take have, care of yourself. And have mm -hmm. your friends. Yeah. Like that you can talk to, text, call, whatever you need. Yeah. Um but also like, I mean, it's okay. To just go in your room, go wherever, and have ask like your partner mm. to take care of the kids oh, for a little yeah. bit. I feel like yep. I feel like you just there. It's okay to just get away. Yeah, like right. go and yeah. sit, read your book, whatever you want to do. Right. Like it's okay because like sometimes mm. I even struggle with that. I'm like, Ugh, but I gotta do this, but I gotta do that, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, no, 
Right. Can you do this? Yeah. And I'm going to go mm-hmm. in and do whatever I'm going to do. Like, I like to craft. So I will be probably crafting. So, right. Right. Um, but yeah, like, it, it, I think in general, kids, again, they take our time. They suck the life out of they you. They do. I and, mean, and I love no. them to death. But if you let them. Yeah. I, and like, and I, in my heart, like, it goes to them like, oh, oh, I got to take your. Wait. Yeah. First of all, you're getting older, and secondly, I don't... Well, and so for all of our audience, and I mean, I think our staff can tell you this, is that I've always said that right or wrong, the one thing that you will always have to remember, it doesn't stop with kids. Adults will suck the life Mm -hmm. out of you. And I'm not even saying that bad. Everybody has way more needs than you'll ever be able to meet. Mm -hmm. And if you're not overflowing... If you're not full, you can't give them what they deserve anyway. So we have to figure out, and we can learn it at this age, and we can continue it on, is you'll never be able to meet all the needs of your children. You'll never be able to meet all the needs of the people around you. But you will be able to be the person that God created you to be if you're full. Mm-hmm. And if you're not full, there's nothing nothing to be able We can only give what we have, right? And I think that's great advice, Amanda, mm-hmm. for people to just say. And I think it's important for dads that are listening to create those atmospheres because moms tend to be like, okay, I'll just keep doing, keep doing. But I think guys need to step up and say, what do you need? And I, I'll be there mm-hmm. to be able to help that process and be able to do that. It can get overwhelming. Yeah. For sure. Like I've been there a couple times and I'm like, ah, because yeah. it's just like dinner, homework, <laughs> showers, like, yeah. and especially if they're not like 100% listening or whatever, and right. you have to keep repeating it 5 million times. And then honestly at my house, I'm like, up, oh, tag your it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Out. I'm, I'm stepping <laughs> out. And I do, I'm like, um, Hey, you want to take over? Because I'm walking away. Yeah. Cause yeah. I've said it like 5 million times and I'm had yeah. my limit. Yeah. Okay, questions, Jennifer? Ooh. Yeah. You think there'll be any clown questions? Was that on your bio? No. Oh, no, I didn't oh. put that on there. Okay. okay, I didn't bring my glasses today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can, I can read this. Okay. Peggy Eads, what led you to claim Jesus as your Savior? Hmm. Um, the church that I was at and my mom. Yeah. Like... They were big contributors. Good job, Mom. And, and what do you think is your spiritual gift? Ooh. Um, I would say children's ministry and just being, like, people in general, making sure that they're – I'm a very big people person. Mm-hmm. The gift of encouragement. Encouragement. You know, mm-hmm. in serving, you know, when you're, we were talking about, you know, your mom being, you know, that biggest influencer, you know, how she serves. You know, you're like, I yeah. want to be like her. You know, because you can just give and give and give, you yeah. know. Yeah. So I think that's ingrained in you. And um, as yeah. your kids get older, you'll be able to do that, too. Yeah. I'm hoping. You see, well, you already see that. We see that here at the <laughs> church. You know, we do. Yeah. You know, you've already, you, yeah, you have a very giving spirit. Um, Karen Bennett, um, what is your favorite way to spend time with God? My favorite time to spend time with God? Um, <laughs> I like to sleep. Um, so it's in my bed. Uh <laughs> It's usually I wake up and I just lay there and I just pray and I grab mm. my Bible and I'm like in bed <laughs> because yeah. I'm, I don't want to say lazy because I'm not, uh, you know, but I'm comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you have to be comfortable. Like if I'm like out wherever and I'm not comfortable, there's so many distractions, mm-hmm. right. at least in my bed, I'm not really distracted. So well, I think once we get up, I, like me, yeah. I like I hit my day running. It's like okay, I'm ready to get yeah. out of the house. I'm ready to get going, and yeah, it's, hard it's to great stop to pause. It's hard going. to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. so Karen has another question here. What do you wish parents did more or less of with their toddlers before they get to preschool? Well, we already kind of talked about. Learn this, to wipe right? your butt but- <laughs> for crying out loud. <laughs> Come on, what are you guys teaching at home? Oh man, Sorry. <laughs> that's a hard question. Um. I just wish there was, like, a routine, and mm. they, like, actually stuck with mm. that, because a lot of times, like, when we have, like, the preschooler, like, when they come to preschool, mm-hmm. it's hard to get them on that routine and know, you know what I mean, and they have to be consistent. It's hard at mm-hmm. school, and then you go home. Yeah. That's a tough age right there, mm-hmm. especially if they have the routine and they don't at home. Yeah, yeah good. So, yeah. Routine. Yep. And wipe your butt. 
So Bree Sullivan, Amanda is such a sweet friend, and we are so grateful she joined our mom's group. What is your favorite part of being a boy mom? Ooh, a boy mom. Um, <laughs> well. You haven't reached it yet. You don't have to deal with girl <laughs> drama. Well, I mean, I <laughs> have in the some, past. You know, that's our earlier. <laughs> I have had some people like, oh, when are you going to have a girl? I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a. Yeah. I love my boys. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I don't want a girl because I'm a girl myself mm-hmm. and I know all that. And so mm-hmm. it mean we get in a yeah. boys in general. Fights. Yep. Um, yeah, boys in general. I just I love them. The sports, the dirty, like I love it all. Yeah. On them, not me. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> and then <laughs> Kaylin Griffith, no questions, just wanted to share her positive. Um, attitude and optimism are amazing. I also want to thank her for being a wonderful servant. Oh, yeah. thank awesome. you. And I just want to say happy birthday to you yesterday, Kaylin. So oh, our faithful wow. listener. So <laughs> happy yeah, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Those Kay. are our questions. Okay, so Jennifer, you want to end us up with the uh, number that people can text questions into? Yeah, so if you want to be part of our texting group for the roundtable, you can text PODCAST to 260-408-8383. That is seriously amazing. <laughs> I am I am impressed that you don't have to look at a TV or nothing. Well, it took me like five weeks to do it, uh, but I right. finally learned it. It's, so. it's ingrained. Yeah, yeah, so then we'll send a text message out a couple days before the podcast and let you know who our guest is, and you can chime in if you have any questions. Yeah, so. So if you're watching or listening, don't forget, if you see Amanda, and I think if you're going to see her, you should probably look in the children's area. Probably. Like you're, you're going you're gonna to see her a lot in the children's area. So I would say if you, again, part of the reason we do the podcast is we got a lot of people and it mm-hmm. helps people get to know people. In fact, I don't know if somebody shared this in Discover Life. They're like, I know way more people that know me because I watch yeah. the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and I see all of these people and I know them. They don't know who I am, mm-hmm. so it feels kind of weird being like, hey, what's up? Yeah. But that is a mm-hmm. part of our strategy, part of the strategy of being able to, to do this. And, mm-hmm. and if you've never viewed it, you should view it, one, because we have an awesome set mm-hmm. uh, that's set up, so you should come and view it. And the other reason is you can put a face with a name, mm-hmm. you know, so you have the opportunity to be able to come up, say hi, encourage, because she's such a great servant and mm-hmm. uh, working real hard, so make sure that you do that. And if you're watching or listening, make sure that you like, share, comment. You know, this goes out uh, the next day. And so we'd love for you to like, share, comment on what we're doing. It helps us to be able to get this out to, to a lot more people. And just an incredible story. I'm Like, I was seriously, when I read it, what, what a <laughs> neat thing it was to be able to see what God did in your mm-hmm. life as a young lady and what he's doing in your life as a young woman. And again, just... Uh, when we're talking about this whole series, Leaving Legacy, how your mom, because of a decision, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about that, yeah. one decision changed a trajectory for a really long mm-hmm. time. And I think that's what we need to remember. It's Yes, it's a multitude of decisions, but it starts with one. You know, and so if we want to leave a legacy, make a decision, mm-hmm. make a commitment, make a choice, and then let God do what only he can do you know, in those places. And I think that's what he's doing yeah. with you, you know, mm-hmm. today. So Amanda loved having you on, <laughs> loved listening to your story. Again, we'll be praying for you as you continue. Number one, raising kids. Everybody needs prayer when, when you're raising young kids and just what God continues to do and how he continues to work in your life. So everybody, thanks for joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.